Yes, guys, what's good? You tuned into Mango Masala South. It's the South Asian's favorite radio show. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into a Asian Media Award nominated for the second year in a row show. Let's go. For reasons that are completely out of my mind, considering the mess up I just did of the intro. But yeah. No negativity here. Making moves. How's everyone feeling about getting nominated second year in a row? I'm quite excited. Firstly, very proud of us. Secondly, excited for a good night, yeah. I've been saying to people, I think last year was the first time we were we never nominated for anything. Um, and I think that added a bit more to like nerves and stuff. But this time, I think because it's like the second time around, I am just looking forward to just going and having a good time. Yeah, I think that's the best mentality. I was thinking about it though, last time, last year when we went, when the category before ours and the lead up to like our category and then the whole bit where they were announcing, I have never felt that particular type of nervous. Like I would, I think I was going to throw really up. Like, I was literally like, I was so nervous. And you know what? I thought we had a really strong chance of us winning because the people next to us won for some reason. I was like, shout out coffee and chromosomes. Yeah, and the people, pe- both people either sides of us won. It's because when we first went in, we were towards the back and we were like, oh, they put all the unimportant people towards the back. And then all the winners were from the back back of the room everyone was winning but like i like i remember like literally my fingertips went like numb i was so nervous just sitting there i was like not really i was not okay and all who didn't win so i was just like oh well, that's nothing i didn't know you were that nervous i was oh in fight God. or flight mate and i was thinking like oh, what if i have to say something on the stage but yeah so i hope that don't happen again I mean, I'm honestly just like, I'm just looking forward to going to an event and just having a nice meal. Oh, I want to get dressed up. Last year, I I was considering dressing up like half Indian, half Asian, and I didn't do it in the end. And now I think I might like bang it out this year. Yeah. Now you've been and you see like what is, but everyone just people do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that's the best of all to have. Like, it's true. Obviously, it will be very, very nice if we did win. And I think we're more than deserving personally. No bias. Um, but if we didn't, like, at, at the end of it, like, it is just, it's a nice night. Like, I really enjoyed our time there last year, you know? So I think mm. going with that mentality, yeah. you can't lose, really. I mean, and for us, too, it's down the road, so can't really complain. Yeah, exactly. So. You guys don't have a choice. You can't go. Well, you have the choice to not be here, so. Oh, God, here we go. But that's something nice to look forward to, yeah. anyway, end of October. And a little pat on the back for us for the nomination affirmation that's it affirmation does anyone know like the process to get like nominated it's not a public vote it's just the panel will decide you know what i was thinking because we've got some diehard fans that would like make six <laughs> google accounts quick, 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 to quick, quick, quick. <laughs> like you know what we need to we need to go to the guest list at carlos's wedding because everyone there was really really riding for Mango Masala, <laughs> yeah. and we need to like <laughs> we'll just we'll pay them to come outside the hilton with like um, what they call big Mango Masala for the win. Like. <laughs> anyway, I have one other question that I definitely need to ask you guys, kicking off the episode. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Oh my god. Oh. oh my god. I tried asking my family this and they just gave very sarcastic answers, so like I couldn't really get to the bottom of it, but I'm very fascinated. Like it's a real thing, guys. Carlos, you answer because you're a guy, because apparently this is like a male thing. Actually, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? 
Yeah. So the first time that I found out about this was obviously Mianka asked me in the car. And it was when I was par- trying to like parallel park <laughs> and literally she, um, my res- I, I was just like, why are you asking me that I'm videoing? And I was like, I don't know, like maybe a couple of months ago, I don't know. And then she was like, I literally can't post that because everyone's going to comment on it saying leave him because he's so moody. I was like, <laughs> what do you expect? This is a stupid question. Like, But it's not though. It's, apparently it's not. I thought it was a ridiculous question. But uh, what's your answer? What's your answer? No, you said like probably like once every couple of months. I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe mine is the same as that as well. But I tend to think a lot about history anyway because I'm just that way inclined. I don't think I've literally ever thought about the Roman Empire unless I was in school. Like, for what would I be thinking about the Roman Empire for? Yeah, no, it is literally just if it comes into my mind somewhere else. Like, if I saw like. If TV was playing something about Julius Caesar yeah. or something like that, that's why I would never think about it myself. If I was like a young man or like a teenage boy and I was into like the gym and you know when you go TikTok and there's like those edits of like philosophers and like bears fighting and big bodybuilders lifting weight and stuff. No, I don't know them edits. I don't. I don't know them. <laughs> My for you page. I have the for you page of a fifteen-year-old boy. I genuinely do. That's what half my for you pages. So only if it's something like that would maybe I think about the Roman Empire. But otherwise, no. I think about it a lot because I go on holiday a lot, like particularly in Europe. And obviously, the Romans were all over Europe, weren't they? So it's like every single place. Oh, there's a you know remnant of the Roman Empire here and an abandoned amphitheater there and all of that. So. That's that's where I really think about it a lot, but I, it's I don't know why I don't understand that. Why is it are men all just collectively lying, or like why is it such a phenomenon? I think I saw one TikTok that was talking about it, but I don't know whether they were just kind of like deepening it a bit too much, and they were saying about how like it's kind of because men have kind of been programmed to think about the possibility of having to go to war, and they think about that, whereas women don't. But I'm just a bit like personally that's not the case I, literally every time i've thought about war i've been like absolutely not claiming heart condition i'm not going anywhere i'm not fighting for this uk i wish <laughs> men were thinking about war i, I wish, wish i wish i Maybe wish then there'll be less in women's business oh dear but it's weird but i saw um also people on tiktok have been debating what's the female version of this then like, if I was to ask Mianka, what should I ask? I don't know. Go on, Simran. 2016 influencer makeup. That's my Roman Empire. The strong eyebrows. The brows, the eight... Anastasia Beverly the Hills. strong highlight. Anastasia Beverly Hills modern renaissance palette on the eyes with glitter. Cut crease, yep. Contouring to hell and back. The uh, highlight that absolutely blinds you and on the nose, of course. And then here, for some reason, here and here. Um, and then the liquid lipstick overlined like Kylie Jenner, just a block of colour. You know what's so funny is that obviously, like, obviously 2016 is the year me and Bianca got together. Oh, so it, it is literally, that's that's the makeup that she did. And she always looks back and she's like, why did you fancy me? Oh, like, I love it. I love it. I've barely grown out of it, honestly. Like, half my, half my makeup is like clean girl makeup now. And the other half, I'm still... I'm still back there with Jacqueline Hill, like putting pink on my eyeshadow to go to school for no reason. That's me. I can't lie. That's me. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't grown out of it. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do in between. Like I'm either completely bare faced or full glam. 
Yeah, you know, clean girl, like after two hours, there's I'm just bare girl. There's just nothing going on. Mascara's down here. Like I look horrible. I don't know who's out here putting on like little bit of CC cream and then being like, oh, I can face the day. I can't do it. I can't. I don't know how to do it. My skin tone isn't even enough. My brown girl, I've got like 50 shades of brown on my face. It don't work. And I'm contouring. Contouring has had me in a chokehold since since it became mainstream. As in you think about it on the daily. I think about how can I improve my contour game? What new products are out there on the market? Oh, this girl on TikTok is using Charlotte Tilbury XYZ. Because honestly, I've been, I'm ashamed to admit, but I've been using the same makeup products for years like and i mean actually the same products they're probably very expired and disgusting but also i would just go and buy the same of what i was buying back in 2018. if it's not broke don't fix it i know but i think like look at the girls with the clean makeup and i just think you guys look nice you know what like the older i get the less i care about actually this is i don't know if this is a fake to me guys i'm gonna be honest with you recently i've been getting told off a lot for not for just getting about looking like a mess i literally have been getting told off because you know what you know how i was saying like i'm either one or the other i'm either full glam or like i have no makeup on and the older i get the less i'm caring about makeup and caring about looking presentable and i'm really really just knocking about looking anyhow like in my crocs in my trackies in this same fleece (laughs) wearing no makeup as in like people have been telling me off but it's like it's got to a point now where even even maybe events where I should be wearing, like, should be making a bit of effort, I just, I can't be bothered. Like, my cousin's graduation party, I went absolutely looking like a mess, I got told off. And they had a family wedding last month, I went to the Dolkey with no makeup, I got told off. I'm in my don't give a toss era right now, guys. On the topic of not liking the way that certain things look... What kind of segue? Have you seen the drama between Halle Berry and Drake? Oh, yeah. Apparently he didn't even use her photo though, so I don't know. Yeah, so I'm a bit confused about this, but essentially for the listeners at home, what's happened is Drake's released a song um, with Scissor, I think it's called Slime Out or something. Slime You Out. Thoughts on the song, Simran? I don't like it. I'm very excited for the album. I think the album's going to be great. I just don't like that song. And I'm... Admittedly, I'm not a huge Scissor fan, so maybe that's just my vibe. I love Scissor. I love her. See, people that love Scissor are so diehard for Scissor. Before she got famous, I, I loved her. I loved her from her SoundCloud days. Because, you know, I tell people I don't like Scissor and they scream at me, yeah, but it's the same for, like, Brent Fires, Bryson, Bryson Tiller and stuff. Like, I do like their music. I just have never put effort to go out my way and listen to them, if that makes sense. So I don't really know if I like them or not. I just don't really... You don't care for it. Yeah, not really. Listen to Control, 10 out of 10 album. Really? Is that the one that's got Travis Scott on it? Love Galore. I like that song. Love. That one. Love, love. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. It's a great album. I love her. I think she's great. Anyway, basically what's happened is the song is called Slime You Out. And I, like you say, in terms of the actual single artwork, I think he's ended up just using the album artwork, which is a drawing that his son's done. But what he definitely did post on Instagram, though, in order to promote the um, track, is a picture from Halle, of Halle Berry. I believe she's at the Nickelodeon Kids Awards, like from a, like a decade ago. And obviously at those awards, they like 
covers certain people in like slime. It's like my proper green gunge. Reminds me of those like um, CBBC shows. I just can't remember which one. Why it did was. they used to do that? Like, it was so when the, when the parents would have to be in it as well. Like that was the best one. Like what was the blue and the yellow team? I forgot what it's called. But like it was like whoever won got to like gunge their their respective adult. Fifty fifty. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's it. That's a fifty fifty. Yeah, that was oh, good. Good time. TV. Good time. Anyway, um, so obviously Halle Berry got covered with this slime um, and there's a photo of her covered in this slime looking not very happy um, that is owned by Getty Images mm. and Drake used this in order to promote his single Slime You Out and after he did this Halle Berry came out and wasn't very happy about it um, and people were asking well why why are you bothered like it's on getty images like it's it's fair use and she replied saying that she'd actually like drake had actually reached out to her beforehand asking can i use this she said no mm. and then he's gone and done that yeah. so question i wanted to ask you guys is who's in the right there obviously not drake drake no no i think it's like the thing is is that technically he hasn't done anything wrong but i think like especially someone of like halle what's her name halle berry halle berry like i was gonna say halle bailey i keep getting confused man yeah, not halle, halle berry someone of her stature like she obviously like should command um a lot of respect in the industry and the thing is i think the disrespect and the kick in the teeth come from when he asked her like why are you gonna ask her if you're gonna do it anyway like you're just mm. what's what like you're just it's very performative. You're paying lip service. Do we know that he asked her for sure? I mean, I'm taking her for her word. But did he admit it, or is there a screenshot? I mean, it's fair. Yeah, I suppose we haven't seen screenshots. Um, he's he hasn't publicly commented on it. I say, I feel like he's not said anything. No, she's just he's like ignoring she's it. been posting on Instagram loads. He's not happy. Yeah. She's obviously a bit older, so she's part of that generation that is like typing on like yeah but i mean i'm gonna take her word for it i don't know why yeah like why would she lie yeah and also drake doesn't have the best track record with respecting women anyway like true i don't know like if you guys have been privy to the but there have been a lot of conversations talking about how he's actually a misogynist like well literally the whole megan the stallion lyric, exactly lyric. exactly i mean we discussed it on the show we discussed it on the show like yeah sorry simran but you could listen he could be a problematic fave because at this point you can't be you can't be liking no celebrity without them being a problematic fave at this point so i think That's you know true. the industry is obviously entrenched in misogyny particularly misogynoir and drake is i think kind of i think we could say very fairly um a perpetuator of that and <clears throat> i wonder if that's something that's kind of in play here you know like it, it is obviously there is obviously a, a clear dynamic at present where uh women particularly particularly um black women have been kind of um used as caricatures in the industry and whatever and we don't know what her reasons are for saying no that you know she don't want him to use the image but the point is is that if you've gone out like if he had just used it and he hadn't asked her that's a that's a different thing because it's like it's obviously not her pro the image isn't her property which i think is a whole nother yes yeah, whole nother it? yeah i was thinking game about why people don't have ownership of images of themselves so that's a whole nother yeah. thing right but regardless, she doesn't have ownership of the image. But then why give the performance of respect? That's the thing where I'm like, I don't, I think he's just been a bit bookie, a bit slimy. Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, like you were saying, Simran, we haven't actually 
No, no, I'm not being fair. I'm not. I'm not being fair though because it's just, I'm saying it because it's Drake, and I'm. I'm not being like <laughs> rational. Like if it was, if it if the weekend was getting slimed and he was upset about it, I'd be up in arms. No. Like no matter who it was, you know what I mean. Like I'm being. I'm being a weirdo. Problematic fave. Just put your hands up. Problematic fave. But he's funny. He's so funny. We all have him. We all have him. And I don't think. Like I don't think it's that harmless. I think there's two people. Like two types of people. And one per- one type of person is really attacking Halle Berry. For like kind of grabbing for attention like oh you know this is making you relevant again i've seen like a lot of comments of that like this because i don't think that's very fair because obviously you're young and you don't really know who ali berry is and like what she's done how famous she actually is and like being like yeah well you might have done this and this but you know drake's popping right now so don't try and like use this as a way to like have your name in the news again i don't think that's fair no that's not fair and also it's like it's not it's not for her to rationalize her reasons for saying yes or no Mm. It's just like, why did you ask? That's the bit where I'm like, your intentions yeah. obviously weren't good. Like, why are you asking? Yeah. Only to just kind of not not respect what she says. Honestly, this whole problematic faith thing is actually so, like, relevant in today's society. Like, mm-hmm. literally, me mm-hmm. and my friends were discussing, like, the other week. Like, literally... Everyone is problematic. Every single celebrity. One specific example, literally R&B king of the 2000s, Neo... He's literally yep. so much, literally every other week something comes oh, up yeah. about him that's so Wait, like... have I really been living under a rock? What's happened to me? Oh, girl, bear. I'm going to Google it. I've heard that allegedly he asked his um, baby mom or girlfriend... No, he asked, he asked basically someone that he was with to get their tubes tied and then went on and cheated with her and got pregnant with someone else. Like and then also I've heard that as well. That's pretty widespread news. Yeah, and something else about um, I think the most recent thing was something about he split up with his ex, or his ex has claimed that they split up because she wasn't willing to have enough threesomes or something (laughs) like that. Basically, it's just it's not it's not looking good. Um, But obviously, it's like he's provided so many tunes. It's giving um like Ti. Yeah, with the whole like daughter thing, that was so yeah, that was weird. Really like... I'm reading, I'm reading some of this stuff. It's weird, yeah. But like, I was thinking this like, forget celebrities. I was um, have you seen that really cringy videos on TikTok of this woman? She's in IHOP in America, and the waitress is giving her pancakes, and she's doing like a little dance. Oh, and then and then there's a hater, hater looking, hater looking at them. Like... And then there's a girl over her shoulder, and she's like, yeah. I was it's a harmless. bit like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, it's a bit, but like. She was overdoing it, filming it and posting it. Anyway, I I don't actually know the ins and outs of it, but like she's basically been like doxxed on the internet now oh and then a God. bunch of like racist stuff that she said in the past has like floated up to the surface and it's like everyone's un- problematic then. You'll find something about everyone, like when Halim is famous and rich, I'm gonna expose her Twitter to the world. I mean the things that I've been saying are no are no secret. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> my mum said, you know, my mum used to, like, she she went through a period where she would always say to me, like, why don't you go into politics? Why don't you go into politics, like, professionally? And I'd be like, mum, them lot will take one look at my Twitter and that's it, I'm done. Now They'll assassinate me. I thought more it's that you'll end up beating them up. And I said yeah. to her, in House of Commons, I'll be dashing benches over people's heads. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you know how easy it is to dox people on the internet? I have received one like on Hinge, and within five minutes, my friend had found out that he has three sisters, his mum's name is Heritage, what university he went to, his job, where he worked, LinkedIn profile. He was a child actor as a child, found out what show he was on. Did you match? No. <laughs> That's what I'm interested in. 
it's actually it's a very interesting it's a very interesting observation on our digital footprint actually there's a lot of people out there that I've seen recently that have been advocating for like um digital security because more time like we're actually not safe on the internet you guys like there's so much of us and about us on the internet like that we are that we're not even aware of and if people really needed to look for us for whatever capacity like it's, it's all there it's quite scary there's a woman on tiktok and people volunteer in her comments to be doxxed so they like obviously pride themselves on having like a very low digital footprint very private profiles no real trace of them on the internet mate this woman finds everyone she finds everything about you and like she didn't i don't know how she does it but she's clever so there's a way there's always a way I'm and she doesn't use like dodgy methods like the guys. dark web or anything she just uses like facebook and like search engines and stuff like that you're simmering i think i mean you're the first linkedin thing that comes up for you but also, Me? yeah but in terms of google images you're all right like there's there's loads of simmering busters apparently i am on there somewhere though i know it and then halima it's all i'm the only halima this year in the world guys i mean you are you are the first result on google yeah images, it's, my but... name is very unique because my name is not supposed to be Nasir, it's supposed to be Nazir or Nasir, however you want to say it. Well, my dad anglicised it. You must it. be the only Carlos man me. Yeah. No, there is, there is, there is one Carlos Ganani Serrano or something in the world. Oh, is it? it really, it wow. really, it really, it really irks me that they exist. You have to find him and kill him. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. If anything oh, happens, it wasn't me. Just to put that out there. But everyone careful be very wary of your own digital footprint me me first my i've got yeah i have got too much i'm not gonna lie like but also i think like who's interested in me you guys like really truly like me is just i'm just posting about my family in bangladesh like that's 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 really it i do think like because my instagram has been on public since 2019 um so now only recently because i've realized like being on like different apps especially linkedin linkedin's a really weird one so I don't but like you when you go through your um story views and at the bottom is like people that you don't follow and don't follow you back and stuff like that and it's always just like random they're not bot accounts they're real people and i'm just thinking, like how did you yeah. find my profile and then um so now my my rule is just i just don't post where i am when, while i'm there i'll post oh yeah, yeah 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 you should never do that never if you're like if you're traveling or you're gone somewhere and you're posting it like don't only post it after you've left that place because it's like it's true like even though we're sat here and you're like we're like oh but who's interested in us like i've heard awful stories about women with stalkers and they're just like normal everyday women you know when it takes like one bad encounter with like the wrong person and like it's you're literally in danger potentially for the rest of your life you know so um definitely that's something that i always advocate for women like just be very careful about posting personal details i'm always on private i'm on private on every single profile anyway because no one needs to know well on that topic an unfortunate segue obviously not here to comment on the specific case per se because i'm not sure as to whether or not this is um any criminal investigation that's ongoing and we're obviously not in a place to discuss anything to do with that obviously in the news russell brand massive um topic of conversation over the past week since it was revealed on 
Channel 4 dispatches that a number of women have come forward alleging sexual abuse, assault, etc. Um, against him from like the past 20 years. Um, like I said, not here to comment on that specifically. However, um, since all this has come out, obviously, like I said, I'm not sure as to whether there's been any sort of like criminal investigation that's taking part currently. Um, but because it's Channel 4 and I think the Sunday Times that have like broke this story, um, obviously all the scrutiny, scrutiny that Russell Brand is currently facing is from the media and um, some of the, um, insert sarcasm here, greatest minds of our, um, not our generation, but this lifetime, aka Piers Morgan, Lord Alan Sugar, etc., have kind of come forward and said, like, um, yeah, I can see, like, why this fits, but should we be, like, scrutinising him before he's, like, being, he's been held up in court? So, obviously, in this circumstance, when you victims come forward and say, this person has done something to me, this is what I wanted to discuss, like, do they have any point in terms of, like, look like this is a horrible thing and I'm really sorry if it happened to you, but I think we should wait on commenting on it until it's gone through a court of law? I think in instances like this, like, discernment is really important. Um, if it was a case where... I say discernment, and obviously we are not the judge and jury, and, like, wait, we're not. <laughs> not unfortunately, not legally, not criminally, no. Um, so, so situations like this where it is obviously a criminal offence, you know, that that that's in conversation here. Like it does need to go through uh, uh, a court. Um, however, I think, as I said, the public are entitled to their opinion, and I think this is where discernment becomes really important. If it's a case where, for example, um, both like you know someone's made an allegation and someone's denied it and both sides kind of seem to be very valid seem to be very legit or whatever like for me personally I'm always on the side of I always believe the like victim and the and the accuser unfortunately kind of the precedent that we have in the society that we live in rather than innocent until proven guilty it's more kind of like guilty until proven innocent that's kind of like how you just have to fall into things, you know, um, because of how prevalent things like sexual abuse are. Um, <clears throat> so I think there are instances where maybe, okay, cool, we don't know enough, we should reserve judgment. And then there are cases like Russell Brands where it's a whole kind of like, it's a whole ordeal, you know, it's not just one person that's come up, come up and kind of given a very vague accusation or allegation, like, oh, this many years ago, he kind of did this to me and blah, 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 blah. This is a whole like documentary you know this is a whole dispatches documentary this is a whole string of women um that have detailed decades of abuse right so like what does your human discernment tell you there that there is likely some truth to this in our opinion right like that's it's not like and the thing is is that i i want to say i'm like surprised and disappointed at like the amount of men in particular that have come out in support oh, even some women have been like saying some mad stuff i'm not gonna lie some high profile women but like yeah so one in particular that was just like just do you know what i mean like one woman just saying yeah. that she's she's a victim of like sexual abuse but she just doesn't believe that 
Russell Brand would do these things because he's always been nice to her and it's like well congrats like you you, you got lucky you know like congrats you got lucky but um my point is is that like even though there are a lot of people who are coming out in um like his his defense the kind of defense that they're giving more time is because so for those of you who aren't really aware of what Russell Brand does he has this like YouTube and he kind of like posits himself as I guess as like a a truth teller a social commentator so he talks a lot about kind of like a lot of people would say conspiracy theorists you know so he talks a lot about kind of like um hidden agendas in society and politics and government and all that kind of stuff and um people are saying that that's the reason why these allegations are have come forward uh, about uh, about him because he they're, they're trying to silence him that's the kind of narrative that they're going with and it's like historically politically socially white men are not victim of these institutions white men are protected by these institutions white men are beholden to these institutions white men are benefactors of these institutions russell brand is not the kind of archetype historically that you know the archetypal victim of news and media and government right so it's just really funny and it's also interesting to follow that precedent from someone like for example andrew tate who i mean we've discussed him we've shared our opinions about him me personally i think he's just an absolutely abhorrent person and i just i like he gives me the shivers genuinely um but it's a very similar thing when he had his case um about you know against sex trafficking and all these things like people were given the same thing people were like oh he's only being targeted because he's speaking the truth and blah 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 so i think it's like just kind of use a little bit of common sense you shouldn't have to go to these lengths but the fact that multiple people have come forward and also it's literally corroborated with evidence from back in the day like i think one of them i think that happened in america literally they have evidence that they went to a crisis clinic the day that it happened yeah uh, it's just yeah i think also as well like i have seen something in terms of obviously like say russell branders um garnered this following um over the um past couple of years like five plus years i'd say um, and I have seen something, again, I'm not saying that this is the case here, but that people who know that stuff is going to come out against them do actually kind of go down this path of getting a following sort of thing yeah. so that they have them to blindly defend them. And also, I've obviously also always seen, or for the past five or so years, seen Russell Brand as someone that's like, um, frequently spoken out in favour of socialism. So I've been like, okay, like, this is kind of cool. Um, and that's kind of the, how he's garnered his following quite a bit. Yeah, but apparently he's been, like, quite right-wing. Well, this is the thing. So, obviously, all of this happened. So, I was like, okay, let me go read his Wikipedia page. Find out that in 2012, he briefly dated Jerry Halliwell. And I'm kind of like, anyone that would date Tory Spice cannot be someone that then becomes this socialist guru. Yeah. So for me, personally, that was like... No, well, it's not, like, I don't know, not the maths is not maths. You just call her Tory Spice. Do you not know Jerry Halliwell? I literally, when they were in the Spice Girls, she was like, oh, I love Margaret Thatcher and everything. <laughs> no, I remember I was like five when the Spice Girls were popping. Carlos will be able to tell us about the Spice Girls. Yeah, But anyway, like that, that, that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's, again, it's this whole thing of like, the theme really today is about how you just you can't like any celebrity you really can't 
you can't put any celebrity on a pedestal, even the ones that we think are like good or safe celebrities to like. They're just not. And and like I said, from my personal opinion and my the, the, my point of view, um, I I always kind of believe the victim and their allegations when it comes forward. Um, and and particularly in a case like this where it's kind of like very overwhelming. I think I am intelligent enough to use enough discernment. Well, hopefully justice will be served. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Not that it can ever kind of undo the kind of damages that are being, you know, um, claimed in this instance. But wanted to round it off on a more positive note, but I'm going to round off by saying something more negative. (laughs) Um, Obviously, don't really have necessarily the time to delve into it. Just wanted to say rest in peace to Janavi Kandula, who um, was a 23-year-old South Indian woman studying in Seattle who was run over by a police officer um, in January of this year. Um, He was driving 74 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone. and, and it wasn't, then, it wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't a, an, an emergency or anything, was it? Like, he wasn't being called. No, he was just doing it. And he literally had prior um, driving um, fines, etc., I believe. So, yeah. And then you got the fact that the officer that actually attended to the scene was filmed on body cam joking about how Janavi um, had limited value yeah. and that the city should just write a check for $11,000. It is actually like the the kind of so me usually I don't ever 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 listen or watch like instances of like police abuse because I just I can't mm. I genuinely I don't know how to cope with it or like any kind of like traumatic video I never ever ever I just stay away from completely. This was the one of the very rare cases where I watched it because I didn't know what it was as I was watching it, and when I tell you guys that audio clip is chilling like it's almost unbelievable like it's it's like I'm listening to it and I'm thinking like how is this not scripted how is this like how how it's like logically you know you know the apparatuses of like white supremacy you know the apparatuses of um you know the prison industrial complex and policing institutions that are at play that kind of facilitate an event like this to happen but from a human level, you're sat there and you're thinking, like, how, how, like, just how, you know, um, to kind of, it's one thing to, I understand that policemen probably maybe have a, a certain kind of desensitization to, like, death, maybe, because they have to see so much of it in their day-to-day lives. But the way he was talking about her wasn't from that kind of subjectivity. It was very much a case of, like, to talk of her as a low value we know what he was saying. We know that it was racialized, and we know that it was gendered. Not only is she a brown woman, but she's an immigrant brown woman, you know? And she's not the responsibility of the US state. She's not the responsibility, therefore, of the custodians of the US state, which are the police force. Um, so the way her life has just been completely like, um, how can you grieve a life? How can you mourn a life that had no value in the first place, you know? Um, and it really reminds me of like, so Judith Butler, she's an academic <clears throat> and she has this like, um, she has this book and like particularly one essay called like um, uh, The Frames of War basically. And she talks about the grievability of life and she talks about how lives are only grieved when they're recognised as life in the first place. And in order to recognise those life, 
you need to have frames of recognition, i.e. you need to recognise something in that person that resonates in you. She's a young brown immigrant woman. He is a middle-aged white American man. There are no frames of recognisability between them. Therefore, there's no value of life. Therefore, there's no grievability of life. Um, and it was just such a stark example of all that, like what he talks about. But like, it's just horrendous, you know. And I hate the fact that we're sat here and we're like intellectualizing and politicizing something that is ultimately a tragedy. But like, to 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 say it's not political would just be completely remiss. Abolition. In our opinion. In my opinion. Well, positive. Someone say something positive to round things off. It's our birthdays. It's our birthday season at the moment. Our mango masala birthday season. Oh, we do have our birthdays quite close together, don't we? Mm. Like, within two months yeah. of each other. If only you could have been born a couple of weeks later, Halima, then we would have all been Libras. You know what? Oh, September's the most common birthday, isn't it? I wonder why. New Year's! New Year's. That's really wild. I would have thought... Um, like, Valentine's, like November, yeah. February. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought that as well, but... Well, if you do... I remember when I was at school, there was a massive influx of people born on no- November the 5th. Which is literally like oh, the right amount of time after. Oh, you're right, it, actually. So. I know. Bare people born yeah. in the first week of November. Oh, it's so funny. I've just. T- Russell Brand takes to TikTok to compare himself to Christ and Buddha. White men and their white men complexes. God. On that note, <laughs> let's round things off. Thank you so much um, for listening. Um, stay tuned because we're going to round off the episode with an interview with Nadeem Ullah of the Coalition and for all the way from Canada. But yeah, Halima and Simran, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Yes, guys, what's good? You tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm here with Nadeem. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. The weather's nice finally in Canada. You know, it gets a bit cold sometimes. The seasons change, but uh, right now it's pretty good and uh, I feel good. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what you do, that sort of thing. The two artists I kind of represent, uh, you guys posted them on your... Uh, anyways, much love and much appreciation, first of all, too. I just want to thank you guys as well. You've got these two artists that I'm representing. One of them is my, uh, the relationship one of, with, uh, with one of them is my blood, right? He is my little cousin. And we started to do music back, back, back before, like probably early 2000s when we were kids in the basement you know, just messing around, and we were very into hip-hop, right? You know, hip-hop scene and stuff like that. And, like, the inspirations we used to get, because, you know, we're young. Our our mothers, our uncles, our aunties were so into Bollywood kind of thing. So we used to get a lot of inspiration from, like, you know, Shah Rukh Khan and stuff like that. So we used to watch these Bollywood movies and Bollywood films, and, you know, we get in sort of kind of like a trend of, like, dancing and singing and stuff like that. So the relationships... Uh, with one of the artists and it's my little cousin and one of them is actually one of my really really good friends that I've been friends with over 20 plus years right so what I what we tried to do in the beginning we didn't really want to like you know we're, we're like just messing around and then after like two years before uh, we started trying to take this thing more seriously and let's see what we can do let's see who we can reach let's see if we can take it to the next level right because um, my cousin X Arik X one of the artists that I represent my cousin he was getting really into music and he was like uh, doing his own videos, recording his own songs because he used to do it before and outsource it to people. And it wasn't getting like 
you know, he was on their schedule, right? And then he came up to me about two years ago. He's like, look, look at my videos. And they're doing pretty good on Instagram. He was getting some sort of traffic, you know, some good traffic, good feedback. So we try to take it serious from there, like two years, a year and a half ago. Uh, and basically like, yo, Nadim, I want you to manage me. You're really good with, you know, speaking to people. You have a good relationship, you have good energy. Uh, you know, let's see where we can take this, right? So basically what I'm doing is I'm, I'm kind of managing them. We're getting shows uh, going. We're starting a website. We're starting merch. So we're just a startup for a year and a year and a half. But the way we're going is it's up, right? So um, the music video, Yalla Yalla, is good. We have a lot more projects coming out. So basically I'm behind them and just helping them out. Uh, new to it, definitely. But, you know, I'm loving it. And it's becoming organic, right? Uh, there's... Uh, there's too much love behind it, and uh, we have a great relationship, us three. So, so like you said, this is something that's very new to you. It's not that you have experience in this area, and then you're um, taking on your um, little cousin. It's that it's something that's very much a new experience. Like, your first time doing this is with your family, which I suppose is nice. Um, so who, who are you looking to when you're, like, trying to know what to do because i can imagine it can be quite daunting obviously entering the music industry and not necessarily having those like connections set per se or like knowing exactly how to go by the book sort of thing so like how are you how are you making your way through this industry honestly very organic like in the beginning like you know we we look for inspirations like different artists that are doing it right uh first it's like we want to do a different, not a different kind of genre in the music. Like we see like hip hop was kind of the root and then we're seeing like kind of like an Afro thing going on, right? So we're kind of doing like an Afro swing type of music, right? And trying to sound a little different, right? And uh, just looking towards people and like just, just trying to do it very organically, right? Uh, that's our main goal. Like we're having fun with it. Obviously it's new to us now for like for the last year and a half, but my cousin and my family and I have been doing music before. We always have the love for the music. So, uh, you know, when we look like uh, like I was going back to like inspiration, like with Russ and, uh, you know, these type of people are independent, right? And we want to kind of cater to our audience, right? Build a fan base, cater to that audience and give what the audience want, nurture our audience uh, the most possible as we can, right? So we, we are starting a fan base. Xarik X is very big in Nigeria. He gets a lot of likes, a lot of follows. You know, we're using that momentum as well. G Harmony, the other artist on the track, he has a big fan fan base in Toronto. He has a lot of music coming up. So we're just trying to build this fan base and cater directly to these fan bases, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously that sounds like the way to go about it. Obviously, if you're going to be putting out music that is tailored to the people that are supporting you, then can't really go wrong because there should be that kind of mutual relationship of you put out music, they enjoy it inevitably. Do you like look to other South Asian um, success stories when you're thinking about this? Obviously, you've said that you've been doing music like since the early 2000s, which is um, like 20 odd years. So that's a long period of time. And there obviously yeah. were success stories back then as well. But particularly in the past five years or so, we've seen the likes of um, obviously the late Sidhu Musiala, um, AP Dillon, literally probably the biggest south or one of the biggest south asian names in music right now and they've made their journey through canada so do you see that sort of like something to like look up to and to follow in similar footsteps a hundred percent so we have one artist in canada that that is from the southeast 
Asian community. There's some underground. There's some people that are actually, you know, really, really famous, like Nav. I yeah, don't know yeah. if you heard about Nav as well. He's from Toronto. He's with OVO as well, right? So he's, I think he's with OVO, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's very inspirational as well, right? He's been doing it for a while. He produced, and now he's like, he's an artist. He's doing it. So looking towards him, but no one actually blew up, like, let's just say like Drake, The Weeknd and stuff like that in, in Montreal, like in Toronto, obviously the scene is there, uh, but we want to create our own lane nurture everything but we do get inspiration from this uh from these type of people because at the end of the day it's all love it's all organic and we want to just push forward and um any if they can do it for sure we can do it as well that's how we look at it as well as long as you put your head down and grind and yeah we should be able to take it to the next level and everything is going well you said just now about how like these like people like drake the weekend for example um canadian talent they're not necessarily blowing up when they're still in Canada like why do you think that is I think with Canada one thing would be is the population like let's be serious it's about 30 million people we have big land let's just say but it's half of it is ice and half of it is like I think like 60% of the population of Canada I think more live below like uh that's like there's like a like a crestful right so I guess the population is one right um not getting more traffic as well uh musically maybe it's more like in the past was more country and hip-hop was kind of like a hard breakthrough obviously with drake and the weekend coming through uh and showing their talent and stuff like that that kind of opened big doors for us right uh big doors for any artists that want to do it. it gives them inspiration right so i think maybe the population is one of the main concerns maybe there's not a lot of traffic and now we live in a new age, right? Uh, back then, uh, I don't think people blew up as much as because the internet wasn't a big thing, right? Now you can, you let's just say the population of the world is 7 billion people, right? If we just want to turn 1,000 people to like us and become hardcore fans, that's our business model. That's our model that we want to aim for, right? And at the end of the, end of the day, if it doesn't work out, we won't mind because we love doing it. We love to curate to our audience at the end of the day, right? So I think back then, uh, internet was an issue. The population was an issue. Now it's just, you know, if you want to make a song, you can do it yourself. You can YouTube it. You can find advice. You can link with people with fiber. So information is way more knowledgeable and way more easy to get, right? So I think that kind of blocked Canada in the past as well, I guess, everybody. And also the population, definitely. Uh, it's not as big as traffic as, you know, the United States or, you know, Europe as well. So I think those will be the main concern of why we, you know, in the past Canada hasn't blew up as it should be blowing up because we have a lot of talent and our country is made out of Southeast Asians. Like we have a lot of Southeast Asians, you know, Sri Lankans, Mongolis, you know, Indonesians and a, and a bunch more Indians, Gujaratis, a bunch, a bunch. For sure. Yeah. I mean... It's since we started doing this show, even, um, I think when we started doing it, that was the point at which Sidhu and um, AP Dylan were proper starting to take off. But even aside from them, we've seen over the past like three or so years, like so much like South Asian talent that has come from Canada, particularly, um, I would say, Eastern side of Canada as well. I'm not sure that's probably something to do with the migration patterns, but there is definitely that, like, sense of community there, 100%. I think Toronto is, like, uh, 
out of the world is like the top five cities with the most multicultural and stuff like that. I was watching the clip on YouTube and I think New York City is number one. Actually, second place is Toronto, Ontario. Like there is a lot of culture there as well, right? But in Montreal, there is culture, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of more European-based culture. But now we're starting to see a lot more Indian culture, a lot more Bengali culture coming up right now. So uh, maybe it's just a movement that's happening as well. And also in the West, right? Like you're mentioning in the East, there's a lot more uh, more diversity and more Southeast. But now I lived in Alberta back in 2014, 2015. That's a province in Canada. It's more out West, near British Columbia. I'm not quite sure if you know, but uh, when I moved there, it was more of a blue collar and stuff like that. But slowly, 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 it was getting to like a lot of uh, Sikhs were moving in, a lot of Punjabis moving in. Uh, and it's a big community. When one family moves in, everybody starts moving in and starts helping each other. So now in the West, we're going to see a very big spike of Southeast Asian. Uh, and I see it for myself as well. For sure, yeah. I think in a lot of um, Western society, we are seeing that um which is a good thing, obviously, is becoming more and more diverse in places that maybe weren't 10, 20 years ago. So definitely, hopefully, it's creating new experiences and opportunities for those communities. Yeah. You said before, obviously, about how, like, the internet is a positive thing in that, obviously, it's so much easier now to uh, just make music, find other artists to collaborate with, um, learn how to do it, all of that. And put out songs obviously obviously streaming has made that so, so much easier mm-hmm. but then on the other side of things you have um the fact that because everyone can do it everyone can do it mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. almost yeah. okay i can be oversaturated so like with you and your artists obviously you've said about how you're trying to like kind of tailor it to what you know your fans like and you're kind of taking on the hip-hop influence but kind of switching it up a little bit with that south asian influence but what would you say is that kind of sets aside what you and your artists are doing from the masses for sure like a lot of people are doing it right a hundred percent like i do agree on that but like i'm not trying to be mean or anything most of some sometimes like your stuff has to sound good right at the end of the day you know you have to reach people so let's just say we send out a song and we get horrible reactions you know what i mean yes it will demotivate you and stuff like that but the songs that we're putting out the things that we're doing it's getting a good reaction so it it doesn't give us like obviously in life there's obstacles and you have to jump over these obstacles xyz and stuff like that uh definitely but when we're putting out these projects and these songs and we're putting out videos like we're doing it organically and we're getting great reactions not only from friends from people around the world right so obviously there's going to be a big saturation in the market everyone's doing it super easy the other side of it you know it's competition but it drives us it drives us to be the dog it drives us to get better at stuff right obviously it's kind of hard to be original right but we try to find that originality in this whole zoo that's going on right now right and we try to make it organically and uh, you know just love just the love of the music at the end of the day just have to listen to the love of the music and if you have the love of the music you know your energy can't stop it like uh it's it's just like i I keep saying this word but it's very organic right so uh from that saturation and stuff like that we love the competition right we 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 embrace it right we want to bring everybody up also as well if people want to work together let's work together you know 
but we're always down for friendly competition. We're down to help each other out and stuff like that. So uh, obviously your music can be too, like it has to cater to an artist, but like there's music for everybody, but you can just, you know, not try. You have to try, you know, you have to put in work, you know, this, this industry is like, if you, you can do it for 10 years and not do anything, you know, you can do it for 20 years and then make it right. We understand that grind. We understand that potential and every project that we put up, we try to get better and better and better and critique it as well to get better and better. We love construction feedback, like constructive feedback as well. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to look at it as well. And to also like, just realize that like competition is something to like thrive um, from and it doesn't have to be antagonistic like it doesn't have to be um a bad thing or a beef in any way it just is like something to like kind of like come off each other sort of thing and like grow like separately and together for sure so um probably last couple of questions now um what is the goal for you guys then like if you could like pan out the next like five ten years um, however long, where would you like to see yourself and your artists? So realistically, obviously, we want to change the world with music, right? We want to touch people's ears. We want to change people's lives. We we want to definitely get to that high point where we can actually do shows and get paid uh, for doing what we love to do, you know, spread love, spread music and stuff like that. It's 100% we want to get that done, right? Uh, but like I said, back to our model, that we want to say we want to touch out of 7 billion people. Maybe we want to, you know, touch a thousand people that are actually loyal fans and stuff like that. You know, like listening to Russ, listening to these independent artists. That's what they do. They curate to their fans and, you know, work on that as well. And then maybe in the future, you know, fingers crossed, it might hit a million followers, two million followers that are diehard fans, you know, at the end of the day. Right. Uh, and show show them who we really are, right? You know, show the art, introduce you to the artists, and show them who they really are. They're people just like me and you, right? At the end of the day, right? So keep it organic. Obviously, main goal is to definitely do shows around the world. Maybe when they go to Europe, which you know, come to the radio show face to face, whatever the case is. Uh, but you know, our small goals right now, just moving the goal line, would be definitely you know, curate to get a core fan base which is actually happening right now we're seeing movements and stuff like that merch is coming out we have uh you know uh videos coming up songs coming out so definitely definitely a lot a lot of work coming out and we're very excited do you um and your group your artists your roster etc do you have a a name like does the organization have a name or are you purely representing the artists like individually so the name that we want to come up with, well, the game we came up with, it came automatically in the song and it's called the coalition, right? So we're the coalition. So it kind of stands for, you know, a team, you know, like an army, like we are like a brotherhood, right? The coalition. So that's the name we decided. Um, the production team that uh, we're starting is called NVP. So uh, it starts for Metro Vision Productions. Uh, so we're going to start doing like uh, a website is going to launch soon, actually in the next couple of weeks. Uh, merch is going to be on that website and we're going to even cater to everybody that's Southeast Asian as well or anybody that wants to put their work on our platform so we can reach more people like uh, videography work. Uh, you know, we're going to record artists as well. So we want to start that movement. And within the next five years, this is definitely going to happen. It's not uh, if, it's going to be when it's going to happen. So 
definitely going to see a lot of movement from us. We're going to keep working, putting our head down and grind. We have the we have the courage. We have the competition edge. We have everything. Like we are going to get these things done. Nice. I think that's definitely like such like an optimistic way to look at things and that's the way you're never going to get anywhere if you're looking at things pessimistically and just being like okay maybe it'll happen giving it a half-hearted um attitude 100 percent. so if people do want to um keep up to date with yourself your artist the coalition mvp um where's the best place for them to find you on their instagram pages it's going to be at x arik x um, I don't know if you want to smell it out, so it'll be X, like those are X, A R I Q, and then X. And then my other artist would be G Harmony, so it'll be at G underscore Harmony, H A R M O N E Y. We are starting an Instagram page soon with the website. We don't want to start it now, we want to start with the website as well. So the website is coming out. Uh, as soon as that happens, maybe you know, I'll reach out to you if you can repost it on your wall, it'll be much appreciated so we can drive traffic. But for now, those two artists, uh, X Arik X and uh, G Harmony, you can find all our works, reels, stuff like that. So we're dropping content nonstop, um, and there's a lot to come, like a lot. lot. We already have projects ready. Uh, you know, uh, G Harmony is dropping a song in October. It's called Money Talks. X Arik X has like two or three songs that we're gonna be dropping in next month. Uh, videos are coming out, so we have a lot of work in the play and, and a lot of work in the vault. I'm ready to attack. Amazing. Definitely looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. It's been a pleasure. And hopefully see um, music from your artists very soon. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having the show. Thanks for the love. Thanks for anybody that shows love, like, shares, comments, anything. Even if it's negative, we like it. You know what I mean? Let's go, right? Coalition to the top.